Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us. As we think about our Bible readings for today, the words you have given us, help us to see what it means for our lives today. Open up our hearts to hear from you. Where we are thinking differently, give us an insight onto to why, why you love us and why we, you are calling us to follow you. Loving Father, be with us and encourage us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We are continuing a sermon series called Why We Live and today's focus is why we live for others. If you go throughout the world, you'll see people, Christians are not the only ones who aim to live for others. You know, as um, the children mentioned, they they serve when they go to the shop. When we go to businesses, they will serve us. But they serve us with an agenda, the reason to get money from us. There are some people, some people believe in karma and they'll go and serve people because they want a better future, a better future life. But I'm I'm really encouraged by the words of Bono from you too when it comes to karma. He says, look, thank goodness I don't rely on karma because I end up on the scrap heap. Thank goodness I rely on grace, Jesus' grace, which means all my mistakes, all my failures are not going to be counted against me. And then if you look at some sporting teams, where you see a lot of sporting teams have this encouragement to not just play for themselves, but to play for others, to, to serve others. And in fact, commentators can be quite contradictory, quite, quite um, aggressively against players who just think of themselves. Now, some weeks ago, there was a commentator that commented on Buddy Franklin, um, and they said, this year there's something different about him. He doesn't just look fitter, but he has helping and encouraging and playing more for others. So today what we're going to do in part of our sermon is look at why we as Christians, why Christians live for others. Our text to remember, our text to focus on says, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favour, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour and now is the day of salvation. This idea of Christians serving others comes from Jesus, comes from the the scriptures, but it's had an impact on people throughout history. In the first century, um, Christians were criticised, and are criticised in this way, they criticised with these words, see how they love one another. That sounds fine. However, the context was like this. The pagans and non-believers were going, ha ha, look at those Christians. See how they love one another. They're not looking after themselves. They're not focused on themselves. They're just loving others. And then in the third century, um, there was a plague that went through the city of Rome. And Eusebius, a Christian historian, and later became a bishop, made this comment. When everyone else is fleeing the city because of the plague, the Christians are staying, tending to the dying and feeding those in need. This idea of why we live for others is embedded in scripture, but it's been lived out throughout, throughout Christian history. And in fact, most of Christians living for others has not been the spectacular things, but it's been the behind the scenes. It's been individual Christians doing that, churches doing that, not wanting to get glory for themselves, but to ensure that people are loved and cared for. And so as we look at this passage, there's a couple of questions I invite you 
to ponder about, to think about. Who are the people you are seeing and interacting with, meeting with, who need help? Who are the people in your life that you see, that you interact with, that you meet, who need help? And secondly, what does it mean to live in a way that you are not focused on living for yourself, but living for others with God's flavour? What does it mean for you to live in a way that's not focused on yourself, not focused about you achieving or striving or aiming to get glory to yourself, but you live in a way to help others with God's flavour? So why do we live for others? Well, we live for others as Christians because of God's grace. It all starts with God's grace. It's because of the grace that God has for us. The Christian life is one that is totally reliant on God's grace. Paul writing to this church in Corinth, and they're going through some troubles and difficulties, reminds them that they are not just receivers of God's grace, but they're also co-workers with God's grace. And he says this, As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. First John, in the letter of First John, puts it this way. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In other words, it's God's grace which is foundational to who we are and how we go about life. We have a God who serves us, who lives for us, who cares for us. A God who is prepared to come into this world so that we could have life with him and a future with him. A God who is prepared to go ahead of his way to have his son sacrificed so our sins can be forgiven. So all the things that are in the road between us and him are dealt with. And this is the foundation of why we live for others. In other words, we will carry around this fuel tank of grace that never runs out. God always has grace for us. But often we think about grace just being for salvation, just being for the future. But why we live for others is the fact that Scripture reveals to us, God reveals to us, salvation is not just a future event, but an event, something that we live out now. We live with salvation now. Verse 2 from our reading says, For he says, In the time of my favour I heard you. In the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. God encourages us to know that we have been saved, but that salvation has an effect on us today. It's not just something we look forward to the future. There are many Christians who treat Christianity, treat God's grace as simply an insurance policy, as something that just, yep, I believe in God so I can go to heaven and be happy in the future. And then I'm going to get on with my life and do whatever I like now. But what our reading today encourages us to see is God's grace has an effect on who we are today, how we go about life. It changes our attitude to other people. Because God's grace does more than just saves us. 
God's grace does a lot more than just saving us. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God's grace, and grace simply means God's gift. We have this gift of salvation, but we also have this gift of life now. And God has given each of us gifts. Not all of us have the same gifts. Not all of us have the same abilities or skills, but he's given each of us gifts to use in the world that we live in to help others know that they are loved. So why we live for others is because this grace of God, what God has said to us, his love for us is not just about us having eternal life with him. That's important. That is very important for us. But it's also about how we go about life and how others see life and experience life. And then in verse 3, Paul says to this church in Corinth, "Is we, not, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. In other words, why we live for others is so others are attracted to and not opposed to God and his love. Our focus of Christians is about helping people see that God is this God of grace and love and mercy, this God who cares for them. And that's why we live for others, so that they get to know that and experience that. I get quite amazed and quite ashamed of some Christians or people who say they're Christians who start telling people that they're going to be condemned and they're going to hell and that they've got to follow all these rules when they've never shared with those people the love of God. Why would anyone want to follow rules if we don't have know the love of God? Yes, rules are part of the Christian life, but they're not the main message. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said in John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son into the world to save the world and not condemn the world. And so as we live... We should focus on living a life for others so they get attracted to and not opposed to God and his love. As Jesus was telling his disciples, in, um, which we find in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. One of the things that uh, I get incredibly encouraged about is the hearing the stories of how other Christians have affected people and helped them be interested in the faith. Recently, I heard a story about a lady um, who had had a major tragedy in her life. Um, she'd lost a grandson through an accident and she was upset and she was distraught. And she said one of the things that happened, though, was this other lady in their congregation who was also going through major problems, went out of a way to help her, went out of a way to be there for her and let her know that she was, that she was being thought of, prayed for, bought her meals and cared for her. And this person said it was significant because this person themselves was going through trouble. And this attracted and said, why did this person do this? And her response was she got to know that this person was also a Christian and decided, was a strong Christian, decided that was important for 
her to follow that through, that this person's faith had led them to, had led them to be caring for them. And so why we live for others is so others are attracted to Jesus, to the gospel message that we have. And that story also reminds us, as Paul is writing to this church in Corinth, who are going through troubles, that we live, while we live for others is because even when we face difficulties, God can still at work through us. The self-help understanding of the world says something like this. Before you can help anyone else, look after yourself. And that often leads people to living a very self-focused life. It's not meant to be that from a Christian perspective. We do need to care for ourselves, but at the same time, even when we're going through difficulties, we can help others. We can help and care for others. Now, Paul's writing to a church in Corinth who are going through major problems. They've got fights and um, probably got some money worries because part of his concern is they're not being generous like they're called to be generous, like people have been generous to them. They're focused on themselves and what they, what's happening in their lives rather than focused on where God has called them and what God is asking them to do. And he says this to them, Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships and distresses. And then there's a few more problems he highlights in verse 6. And he says, Impurity, understanding and patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit and sincere love. I love this encouragement because it's a reminder that even when I'm going through troubles, even when I'm feeling down um, and things are not going well for myself, I'm aware that God can still be at work, not only for me, but also through me with others. I still have an opportunity to help others. And I encourage you to think the same way, to think about as you live, even when you face troubles, because the truth is, just about all of us are going to encounter problems and troubles in the world. But as you live and encounter those troubles, don't let them become the main thing in your life. But let's see how God can work through you to help others. And we see two types of troubles where God is at work. We'll see troubles that other people face, and it's a great opportunity for us to be caring for and loving people in those situations. But we also encounter troubles ourselves, difficulties, and God will be at work still through us during those times. We can call on him to help us. Paul himself, a bit later in this um, book, the Second Corinthians, puts it this way. He says, My grace is for sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, God can use you no matter how strong or how weak you are. God can work through you even during your difficulties. There's a story that's told quite frequently about a, a lady in India who's a beggar and she, gained, she begs for rice and every time she gets rice and she has a family of, I think it's seven to feed, but every time she gets a bowl of rice from somebody, she cuts it in half and gives the other half to somebody else. And the reason she does that is because of her faith and her desire to share love, God's love with others, even out of that small amount of things. And people 
are attracted to the faith because she does that. People are attracted to what she does, even though she doesn't just look after herself first. And so we live as Christians, we're encouraged to live for others with this view, that we don't allow our weaknesses to stop us caring for and loving others. And then while we live for others is to pass on the generosity that God and others have given us. From 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 to 13, we hear, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and open wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding your affection from us. As a fair exchange, I speak to you as my children. Open wide your hearts also. Each of us have been blessed in a number of ways throughout our life. Each of us, God has given us life now. He's offering us a future that we, we don't have to earn, that he gives us if we trust in Jesus. And he gives us the gifts and the blessings that we have. But not only that, there's been other people in our lives who have blessed us. And I encourage you to think about who is the other people in your life that have blessed you and helped you in your life. And the question to ask is, am I also passing on these blessings to others? You see, we are called to pass on the generosity that God has for us and that others has for us to others. Martin Luther at the time of the Reformation was hit with a real problem because one of the issues that existed was the church before the Reformation was very helpful to those who were poor. And they could be because they actually encouraged people to give and they did it through the law they said if you didn't give you're going to hell or you're going to spend longer in purgatory but what that resulted in people would give give generously but not out of a generous heart they'd give trying to say oh i want to stop myself getting punished in the future but what happened in the reformation is that grace has this potential to create self-centered christians unless it's fully understood. And what happened at that time was people stopped giving to the poor. And so the church then, the, the, the Lutheran church then at the Reformation, set up what they called the poor box. And Luther made a couple of statements to encourage people to think not of themselves, but to actually to think and give generously to others. He, one of those was, he says this, God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbour does. God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbour does. The reason we do good works, the reason we show love and care for others, is not to earn something with God, because that's not possible. What we need from God has already been given to us through Jesus Christ. But what we do is to show love to others. And then later in a document that that's called Freedom of a Christian, he wrote, We conclude, therefore, that a Christian lives not in himself, but in Christ and the neighbour. He lives in Christ through faith and his neighbour through love. Now, whenever you hear the word neighbour from scripture or in a Christian context, it's not talking about your next door neighbour or the people you get along with. It's talking about anyone who crosses your path. The story of the Good Samaritan was used to illustrate who your neighbour is. And so we live, why we live for others is to pass on the generosity that God has given to us, that is made known to us, and the generosity that others have given to us, we pass that on to others. 
And so what does all this mean for us as we live in this world? Well, in living the faith, let's keep focused on the grace God has for us. Let's keep be secure in the knowledge that Jesus came into this world, he suffered and died for us so that we can have life with God forever. Let's keep being reminded that our relationship with God is one based on grace, not on us having to strive to prove to God we're good enough, not on us having to work hard, but on grace. And be a, let's be appreciated that grace. Secondly, let's live with a view of helping others meet and know Jesus and his love. What would happen if everything you did, that was the main goal? Everything you did was about helping people know that they are loved by God, that they get a chance to meet Jesus. And the third thing in living the faith is bless others from the blessings you have received. Think about all the blessings you have received in life. Some from directly from God, some from God through other people. And think about how you can use those to bless others, to help others know that they are worthwhile, to help others know that God cares for them. And lastly, as we live, when we face difficulties, encounter them with God and his grace. Don't allow difficulties to stop you being a person who's generous, who cares for others. But think of how God may be able to use you in your difficulties so others can know his love and grace. Because the deal is, God wants all people to know that he's a God of love and a God of forgiveness. And through you, some people will know that by what you say and what you do and how you go about life. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of a future with you, the gift of salvation. But we also thank you that you have given us life on this earth. And as we live in this world, encourage us to live beyond this earthly expectation. Encourage us to live with a life of living for others living for others so that they know you and your love, so that they're cared for and they have a future. Lord, pour down your Holy Spirit on everyone here and everyone listening. May they be open to your generous heart and may they be open to sharing your generosity with others. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.